Hi everybody, I trust we are all doing well. I know it's been long and I am absolutely excited to be back. So just a quick recap on what we've been through so far as regards to the Beatitudes. We've talked about absolute dependence on God um, being authentic toward Him and submitting ourselves to God and to one another to ensure our greatest functionality in the kingdom of God. So today we'll be moving right along to Matthew 5 to 6. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The Bible goes on to tell us in Psalm 107 verse 9 that, For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. So one thing that I believe about the Beatitudes is that Jesus spoke to them so that he could shape our hearts in such a way that will govern the way in which we worship God, the way in which we express our love toward God and toward the people around us. So I believe that when it comes to worship, it's not a question of our ability to worship, but our priority and whom we choose to worship. So the question that I have for everybody that is listening to this is who has your attention? What has your attention? What does your heart long for? When you go into the Old Testament, specifically to the book of Haggai, and you open chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible calls Jesus the desire of all nations. Actually, the prophet says that I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come meaning Jesus Christ shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord of hosts. And I want you to look at something very interesting in Psalm 63, verse 1. The psalmist says that, O God, you are my God, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, and my flesh longs for you. So I believe in my heart that because we do not have a distinct understanding of how we are created by God, we are unable to interpret the longings of our heart, like the genuine, true longings of our heart, so much so that in this misinterpretation, we end up trying to fill up voids. We end up trying to find satisfaction in other things. But in actual fact, as we were created, we were created not to worship, but rather we were created as worshipers. So in other words, we were created as relational beings. We were created in such a way that worship was not just our lifestyle, but our very life. The way God created us is in such a way that he was literally pleased with every single thing that we did until there was the contamination of sin. And that's where the inclination of man began to turn away from God because there had been an entity that had been introduced to us which seemed much more appealing, but in actual fact... It corrupted the way we saw. It corrupted our perspective. It corrupted our desires in such a way that due to this darkened state that we were now in, we were now 
unable to really interpret the longings of our souls. So we started now to find satisfactions in things that we could see, in things that we could touch, we could find pleasure, most especially in sin. And then there was that separation, you know. The separation between us and God began to grow. So we became progressively unaware of our need for God. So when Haggai prophesies and says that the desire of all nations shall come, he's basically telling us that the very thing that you long for from the depths of your heart, though you may not know, is about to come. And when he comes, he will fill his house with glory. And this is what we truly long for. Jesus, the desire of our nation, of, of all nations. So now, coming back to Matthew 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And it is to understand that in our creation, when, when God created us, we were created, we were clothed in his glory. And the Bible says in Revelation 19 verse 8, And to her, meaning the bride of Christ, was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So I believe that this is the robe of glory that covered Adam and Eve before the fall. So going now to Zechariah 3 verse 3 and 4, I'll read. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, This is God speaking, Take away the filthy garment from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Now we see that there's a contrast of two robes. One of righteous acts from Revelation 19.8 and one of iniquity in Zechariah 3 verse 4. So having this in mind, the Bible also tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags. In Isaiah 64 verse 6. So by this we already know. If, if, you, if you were really paying attention, you'll find that we were clothed. We are being clothed. We are not clothing ourselves. We are being clothed. In Zechariah 3 verse 4, you will find that he was clothed in the robe of riches. In Revelation 19 verse 8, you will find that it was granted to the bride to be arrayed in this fine linen. Isn't it? So going back to the very beginning, you'll find that the very first thing that Adam and Eve chose to do before, after the fall, or rather after they had sinned and disobeyed God, they chose to cover themselves. But God came, provided a sacrifice, and covered them instead. This was a foreshadow of what Christ himself was going to do. 
Going into the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 5.21, the Bible says that he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The righteousness of God. So this is the righteousness of God that is imputed upon us when we believe in Christ Jesus. When we believe in him and the finished work of the cross, we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So it is in that moment of belief in Christ Jesus that we are restored positionally to the original intent, to why exactly God created us. But then there still has to be a process in which our desires begin to align with our new nature in Christ Jesus. So this is why our love for God, our worship toward God cannot be passive. It has to continue to be intentional because once we, walk, we, we move away from this intentionality, we can begin to deviate to what we are already used to, our own selfish desires, so when it comes to worship of God, I believe that it's it's really not about perfection, but it's definitely more about pursuit. And when it comes to successful pursuit, there has to be intentionality in everything that you do. Because I believe that the only thing that will keep us from idolatry is not avoiding them, but pursuing God. The thing with many people is that when when we talk about Christianity because of the picture that has been painted, um, people think that when we talk about Christianity, we're just talking about a life where you have to give up smoking, give up drinking, give up fornication, give up pornography and all of that. There's so many don'ts that have been preached, you know, and sometimes you wonder like, where is God in the picture and where is God in all of these things that are being taught? Christianity is not about letting go of sin, but it is about pursuing God. And I believe that it is in that moment of pursuit that you begin to become what God has called you to be. And it is in those moments that you are able to do what he has called you to do. He hasn't called us to sin. Therefore, when we commit ourselves to pursuit, when we devote ourselves to pursuit toward God, those sinful acts begin to drop off as we continue also to renew our minds according to the word of God. So sin is not the primary thing when it comes to Christianity. Jesus Christ is the point of it all. He has already paid the price. So sin is not a problem anymore. The problem is with the person, the decisions that we make, our pursuit, the longings of our hearts. Are we able now to interpret them well and direct our desires toward God? Or we are still stuck in our old ways where we believe that if this is missing, I need a lady. If this is missing, I need to eat. If this is missing, we just need to understand that it is God 
himself that can satisfy the deepest longings of our souls. And I love how there is this distinct promise when we are able, when we turn our affections toward God. When He becomes the object of our hunger and our thirst, He promises that He will fill us, that He will satisfy us. Even to those who have been in the Christian world for a long time, God is saying to each and every one of us that there is more. There is more. There is more. If you just open your heart to God, you will realize that there is more. The Bible says that He is taking us from one level of glory to another. And the fact that He is eternal and there is no end in Him, that means there is no end to the new that we can experience in Him. Psalm 42 verse 1 as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before my God? The Holy Spirit has been given to us. God is with us. He has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. He is right there with us. And he's just waiting for us to turn our affection toward him. He is just waiting for us to turn our hearts toward him. His arms are wide open and it is in that moment that he begins now to shape us and to mold us into what he has called us to be. That is when we begin to walk in his righteousness and not our own good deeds, but the righteousness of God. And he promises to fill us up every single time that we turn our affection and we declare our need for him. So I will ask once more, what does your heart long for? Perhaps you've mounted up many idols in your hearts, knowingly or unknowingly. But today God is inviting you to turn your eyes toward him. And it is in that moment that these idols will begin to fall away from your heart. Because your desire for him will always grow as you continue to fix your eyes on him. Because there is always more to God than what you have experienced. If salvation is all that you've experienced so far, I'm telling you that God is calling you deeper. There is more to God than just words on a page. There is more to God than tingly feelings. There is more to God than what you've come to know. How deep is our desire to know the Lord. There's a short song that I wrote a while ago, which I'm going to sing shortly. And I hope that this will be the cry of your heart. And I hope that this will be a prayer to God in this moment. I rendered you worthy 
Obsession, you are the lover of my soul. 